and gentlemen, welcome to another Ditch Yelter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout Special Edition. Hello! It's the Thursday Night Hangout, but it's Friday? Yes, it's Friday. Are you sure it's Friday? Because my brain says it's Thursday because I'm here on the show. So I'm not sure my body can losing like actually losing a day out of the week just does not compute. No, I, feels. I, I hear, I hear it. Ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the third. What's up, Tabango Jose? Um, this is usually a Thursday night show where we try our best to cover the topics. Most support- oh, sorry, let me just back up real quick. I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific cover himself, Zelius. See, even the switch of days is throwing off the entire... Know. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is usually a Thursday night show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you during the show. At any time during the show, if you have any topics, questions, comments that you'd like to add to the show, please do so by dropping it into the chat. And we'll try our best to cover said uh, input. Uh, if we do run out of time, we will add it to the very next show. Now, of course, if you're inputting about an actual topic, then we're not going to be like, well, we're not going to say what you said that would be confusing anyways um, i'm confused i you as you should everyone should be confused because it is indeed ladies and gentlemen december 15th 2023 which is a friday uh but due to some s- several uh events that happened yesterday i was unavailable so we decided to push it back 24 hours so Let's get into some topics, shall we? The first one is a bit of a bad news, makes me cry, and that, of course, is that Free Radical Design, the company behind uh, a series that I love, Time Splitters, which is basically like, it's like you take GoldenEye and then you kind of do like kind of uh, a space-time jump, kind of like Quantum Leap type deal. and unfortunately, that studio is closing its doors. I wish Time Splitters, Time Splitters could still have been relevant in today's age of FPSs because, yes. especially like on the PS2, they were fantastic yes. games. And you had the co op where you could play, I mean, versus each other. And you also had a sick map creator. Oh, yeah. Especially in the day. I might, so there's a, I might yeah. still have a memory card with some of my uh, my level creations. I think in memory of them, you should try to do that this weekend and see if you can boot them up somehow. I, I'll have to dust off my uh, my PS2, but it, it it may be a very um, uh, it might have its rewards. I think there's one way to find out. Yes. Now, of course, um, they came out with Time Splitters one, Time Splitters two, and then Time Splitters. Uh, perfect which was the third one and there was always a rumor of a fourth one but that fourth one never actually showed up so unfortunately that fourth one will never show up i guess sadly sad unless somebody else buys the ip and then totally butchers it and makes it into something it actually was not yes because that never happens yeah um okay so let's talk about uh valve <sighs> let's talk about a couple stories of revolving around valve okay the first one is apparently Valve had to issue a PSA, public service announcement, uh, <laughs> discouraging individuals from huffing the fumes that apparently are coming off of the uh, the Steam Deck. Is that a bug or a feature, uh, the fumes? I don't know. But apparently enough people are making it a thing that 
Valve had to come out and say something about it. I wonder if I can get some fumes on my PC desktop, just put my head like behind the back exhaust and see what happens. What do you think? I, you know, something tells me that it, it, it might be dangerous. It's just air, man. It's like electron air coming from the CPU. Give me brain power. <laughs> sure. Uh, apparently, many owners have reported that they can't stop sniffing the fumes that are wafting out of their Steam Deck during play. And, of course, it's now become a meme. And people often post online how much they enjoy the distinctive aroma. So it's like a TikTok challenge that people did because it becomes viral. Basically, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and apparently, uh, this past week, uh, someone in a Reddit forum actually posed the question of, is it safe to be huffing these fumes? There's always one. Uh, and uh, thankfully... Uh, Valve has come back with a response, an official response. And that is, thank you for contacting Steam support. As with all electronics, it's generally not recommended you inhale the exhaust fumes on your device. While there are no safety concerns with general usage, directly inhaling the device's vent fumes should be avoided. We understand that it may be a meme, but please refrain from this behavior for the safety of your health. No, they should have really gone all in and be like, no, do not huff. You will die on inhalation of the fumes. This is like uh, uh, rubber cement and um, uh, uh, super glue all over again. I was actually thinking just the classic Sharpies. Or Sharpies. Or uh, spray, paint, spray paint in a bag. I like the Sharpie because it was the easiest. You just take off the cap and you just had a good whiff. Like it was building up in the cap. So like it just kind of released itself straight into your nose. What about or those so. What about those, um, those markers that smelled like uh, sour apple and blue raspberry and licorice and chocolate and grape and strawberry and watermelon? I'm sure those were perfectly fine to smell and eat. I don't think you're supposed to eat them, Zelius. I could be wrong. I mean, it's kind of like a good wine. You know, you're supposed to like smell it as you drink it because it gives the full flavor. The marker's no different, I hear. Sure. I mean, if you smell it, you should be able to eat it, right? Isn't that how life works? I, I think I think maybe a, a, a little lick would be okay. Oh, is it like how many licks does it take to get to the center? Uh, it's not a Tootsie Pop, Zelius. <laughs> but it smells like one. Some of them do, yes. I'll fully agree that some of them... What if you're blind and you can't actually see it and you just smell it and it's like, oh, it smells like a Tootsie Pop, so I guess I should lick it. That, sure. I'm just saying, it could happen. Uh -huh. That's my excuse, at least. And we've got the name for our show. It might be okay to lick. Isn't that true of life? Yeah. Okay. I like to... Um, so another fun thing that happened uh, revolving around Valve is that Valve has, um, as you know, Valve is the owner of Dota 2, uh, Defense of the Ancients 2, and uh, they are running uh, an event currently called uh, Frostivus 2023, mm -hmm. and they have a lovely, and I, I thoroughly enjoy this, 
Um, they have... Um, I don't know how, how, to, how to describe this. So, um, some players... So, when you sign up for this, this event, you get these, like, armory uh, gift chests, okay? Okay, yep, like a loot box. Yeah, like a loot box. However, they, some of the players that play Dota 2 uh, learned that their loot box, uh, which usually uh, contained cosmetics and the like, uh, contained highly toxic lump of coal with punishments ranging from behavior score penalties to main account bans. And they basically did this um, as part of a, um, as a surprise for the thousands of Smurf accounts and bad actor, uh, bad actors in uh, Dota 2. That's actually pretty funny. It is. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if you get to keep that loot. I don't know. It could be like a new uh, skin that you wear that you're toxic, which people would probably wear proudly. Let's be honest. I, I don't think it's an equipable thing. I think it's literally just a piece a, a thing in, that just sits in your inventory telling you that you've been bad. Do you know people are going to like post those on like discord and other places? Be like, look at me. I got special loot that you don't have. And they're just going to be more toxic about it. Uh, yeah, it's like a badge of toxicity almost. Well, apparently Valve has been really pushing down hard on trying to ban all of these uh, sub accounts, the Smurfs, uh, back, bad actors, people you know being total jackasses. And this Good. is just, I mean, this is just them having some holiday spirit added into the mix. I mean, the uh, I started playing Final Fantasy XIV again, and that's part of what makes the game so good is the Square Enix is super, super harsh on people who are bad actors. Yeah. Um, and, like, they broke no business. And I know it's different because, you know, I know there's PvP in it, but it's a really a MMO player versus element game. Uh, it's a very different beast than something like a Dota that is very PvP centric, but you could still. I think we can all agree that you should be able to play a PvP game without also being flanked at yep. the same time. Yep. Like they are not a mutually mutually exclusive concept. Um, so yeah, I'm all for the developers in this case, Steam, like kicking some ass when people are being toxic. Totally agree. I, I hope they do. Um, and that's why I stopped playing Smite and League of Legends. Yeah. This is just kind of took the fun out of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm totally for, I know that some people probably take it the wrong way, but, but come on, if you're going to, if you're trying to cheat or, you know, make people's lives hell, then you deserve some coal in your stocking. I've, I appreciate it. Yes. And there would be some irony if they take it badly and they're the ones being toxic. Agreed. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the real story, the big story that's been developing all week. Oh. And that is there was uh, one of Steam's most anticipated games of 2023. A game Half-Life 3. 
a game called The Day Before, uh, which was like a Last of Us-looking survival game. It was supposed to be uh, open world. Um, I'm trying to remember what else they were. Um, was there an online portion of it maybe as well? Um, anyways... Uh, once it was released at the beginning of this month, people, uh, consumers, uh, noticed that, uh, they felt like they were, that this company called Fantastic, um, basically felt like they got swindled and that there was a massive bait and switch, uh, with this game. Um, and... It has gotten so bad that the company has now since closed their doors. Um, I don't even know if you could still pull it up on Steam. Zeal, you have Steam open? See if you could find the day before. See if that's still a viable download. I'm looking. But basically, um, they, they shut the studio down on December 11th. Um citing that the game has failed financially and that they lack the funds to continue. All income received is being used to pay off debts to their partners. Um, now, of course, so, yeah, I can add to my wish list, but like, yeah, there's no way to, it's weird. Cause like the option where you see to like add the game is like not there. Um, yeah. Like, it's still on the Steam list, but I can't really do anything with it. So, okay. So, here we... Um, um, players flocked to the relatively unknown release, which hit over 400,000 views on Twitch, 30,000 concurrent players on PC on its first day live. What gamers quickly discovered was that the Unreal Engine game that shined in trailers was not the zombie survival MMO originally marketed, but rather a buggy and relatively empty extraction shooter. The $40 price tag was panned in thousands of Steam reviews with players calling it a scam, complaining of server issues and broken levels, with many submitting refund requests. Um, now, since then... One of the volunteer de developers on this has come out and basically stated everything about this game was a lie. Jeez. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's always tricky with especially online games because there was a um, Wayfinder was a game that I played some off and on. Mm -hmm. And it was a hot, bloody mess when it released. Like, I mean, server crashes at the wazoo. It, it was a piece of work. Um, but kind of contrasting to this game, the developers work through it, and they continue to, the game continues to do well now. Or at least it didn't crash and burn like uh, the day before. Um, and there is some bit of... It feels like the, I know we see a lot of buggy games are released, but the crowd can very easily also 
basically crash a game like this. Um, I mean, we've seen with previous um, games where like they're review bombed and basically give them an overwhelmingly negative or one star on Amazon and all kinds of things. So there definitely is a bit, I think, of a mob mentality when it comes to video games like this, uh, where you see something and everyone just kind of shits on it and just kind of takes on a, you know, a life of its own. Because you see, like, the reviews on Steam, and I'm like, how many of these people actually played the game that yeah. have reviews? Yeah. Um, would be my curious. So the uh, the developer, the the um, volunteer developer went a little bit further and said, turns out everything was a lie, and all I did was for nothing. For all the work I have done, all I received was... A virtual currency uh, for one of the other games that the development studio created called Prop Night, some game keys, and a thank you letter. I hope everyone is receiving their money back. I also hope someone will file a lawsuit or something because all of something because of all of these lies. And this yeah. this this brings me back to I mean this is. This kind of reminds me of the early days of Kickstarter, you know, where you had a bunch of people going, here's this great idea. This is the game we're going to make. And then uh, they took the money and ran. Um, and it's, I mean, it happened quite a, often enough on Kickstarter that they had to put in uh, some changing in the contract. Uh, you're not allowed to basically try to... Um, kickstart a um a prototype you've got to have something yep and uh you there's a lot of promises you have to make to lock it in now but i mean it sounds like it really should have just been i mean it's very much an early access game it's really what it sounded like um and that's where I think it gets tricky because you see these games that come out that are early access that aren't, you know, ready for release. Yep. Um, and that's where it gets a little bit strange um, to me in a bit because if it's early access, depending on how you advertise it, I think is it a different feeling as far as what it should be? Because, like, this is very clearly labeled as early access game. Right, but here, uh -huh. but here's the thing. Um, they said that the 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 company that's now shut down uh, said that they tirelessly worked for five years on this shooter without ever taking money from players through early access, pre-orders, or crowdfunding. Something tells me they probably should have, if <laughs> they you know, if they were truly interested in trying to create the product they want. Look, I I'm a full I I fully support developers trying to create their dream project or um and to make a profit off of it but you gotta know when you've got enough talent and know how to do it and when you don't and it looks like they just kept digging a hole deeper and deeper and deeper there was also tons uh tons of uh accusations of plagiarizing other games, uh, other other trailers. Uh, so what I've seen from that, I think what the because I've read a little bit on the Reddit post is yeah. apparently 
it's very clear that what they did is they went in the Unreal marketplace mm -hmm. and basically they just purchased assets, all of the assets. Mm -hmm. So from a legal perspective, as far as copyright infringement, like they did everything correctly, right? Like they went through the right channels. Um, but from what I've been seeing, it's like everything is literally, it's kind of that weird thing where Unreal and all the other game engines, they always, you know, they offer assets that game developers can use. But there's kind of that line between, you know, using those assets that the game engine allows you to use and literally just using only pre-made assets versus actually creating your own content. Right. Well, I mean, the thing is, I think a lot of people, uh, the, the, the consumer, the, the customer, when they hear that art assets uh you know are being used that they're being that they're supplementing um what the game has like usually when you have art assets maybe maybe you're you're going to use um you're not just going to buy you're not going to make a game just off of the assets that you utilize you know um it, it's basically art swap um, now, of course, they did do it correctly. They they legally purchased the ability to utilize the the assets, but you you use the assets as a foundation, you know, and 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 add some into add some of your own stuff if possible. But maybe it's not possible. And uh, when I think of that, when I think of simply just utilizing the art assets that are there when you purchase them, or if they're free, uh, yeah. it immediately makes me think of RPG Maker. <laughs> and that does not get you a $40 price tag. That gets you a $1.99 price tag. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Maybe, maybe if it's good, a $4.99 price tag. $4.99, by the way, not $499. Yeah, it's... It, but I think it's... I think this is also a good example of how gamers look at the label of the video game has changed. Yeah. Because five years ago, if this game came out and it was labeled as early access, I honestly don't think there'd be a shitstorm over it. Right. Because when early access was first really a thing on Steam, that's this is literally what early access was for. It was almost like the alpha and beta of video games. And it's like, hey, we've kind of released this for you to look at. We need money to now actually finish a game. Mm -hmm. Now it just feels like, Oh, the game's pretty much done. We're just going to call it early access, put it on Steam, and kind of see what happens. It's kind of what it feels like. Um, and it's not anyone developer. That's just kind of just like, I mean, how many games do you look at in Steam that are labeled as early access? And even games, like a really easy one to look at is, for instance, Cyberpunk 2077, right? Yep. yep. When that was released, it was basically what you would consider an indie version of early access at that point. Mm -hmm. Um. And they worked on it, and now it's you can consider released post early access. So it's like this weird, um, you know, continuum of what it's released. And there's even the expectation from gamers nowadays when a game is released, we're still going to release content. Like people will still expect, for instance, like content update to Boulder Guys 3, not expansions, just like free shit for the game. It, yeah. It's like this, even though it's a finished game. People like it's a very weird dynamic from the video game audience now that's drastically different than it was even five years ago. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that early access moniker has really lost its meaning. Um, and it just has because this this is what early access was supposed to be for was like kind of like the equivalent of a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Like games aren't finished. We kind of have this, you know. Yeah. So that's where it's weird to me. Well, that, um, that that is one. See, that was one of the benefits between early access uh, and Kickstarter is in order to put it into early access, you have to have something playable. Yeah. Um, now, Kickstarter, you don't technically have to have something playable. Uh, the the problem or the difference between early access and um, in Kickstarter is that if you Kickstarter, you have to hit a certain monetary goal, and if you don't get it, then no one gets charged the money. Now, with early yeah. access, you if there's a price tag, you pay it, and it's immediately charged, and that's you know. Uh, the the kind of trap, but then at the same time, both of them could totally be in beta forever. Uh, which there was a game that, what was that game, where the developer tried so hard. I want to say it was called Fortresses or something. And they finally like apologized and gave. Uh, they were going to make a, a sequel, and they gave everyone who supported them in early access like a huge discount if they wanted to jump in on the next version of the game. I hmm. want to say it's something called Fortresses, but I could be wrong. But it is on Steam, or was on Steam. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like they need another label. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, here, here's the thing. Early access. The, like, truly, don't judge our game. This is what we kind of have right now. If this game was truly being made for five years, what the hell were they doing in those five years? Because there's well, no way that it should have been like that. That's a fair question. Feature uh, creep, way way too large a scope. Uh, you know, I, there's there's a lot of games out there who who uh, individuals have claimed scammed users because they promised a bunch of stuff, but they removed a bunch of... um, uh, No Man's Sky was supposed to be online. Um, And it definitely was not when it first came out. You know? But at least they had a solid single-player game. This sounds like there was nothing solid about it besides the assets that were purchased and could appear in... A bajillion different other games uh, for the right price. I think it's a tricky part of a project manager is kind of when do you allow feature creep to take over and it's to release, you know, a game with five half-baked widgets yeah. or one great widget, a second okay widget, and the other three widgets just aren't there at all. Um and to be fair, that's not just games. That's kind of all companies in general are always facing that question of, you know, how many widgets do you concentrate on? How many resources do you put into those? And what are your customer expectations out of those widgets? Right. Um, I mean, that's many people have those jobs at companies to answer those exact questions of how they do that. And more than likely, a lot of these, especially indie video game companies, they're not going to have that scrum master or whatever title people give them at companies. Um, the they're not going to have that type of guru. Yeah, whatever we're calling them today. Um, a call X. 
he'll help you. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of companies probably aren't going to invest in those because most people are probably just, you know, developers. They can create assets, but it's also entirely separate skill set to be able to have those skills to not just do the workflows, but to also be able to do decide to cut the crop when needed. Um, and you almost need a third person, like a third party person to do that. Agreed. I mean, look- I think we talked about it. We're like a lot of times, like, don't have your friends and family be the ones who play your video games. <laughs> yes. Because they'll be like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Like, you need a third party person who really will be like, no, this is dumb. And kind of the same thing with a fair amount of companies creating their widgets is you need somebody who's going to be able to tell you to like cut the cruft, like, and just concentrate on the two things you actually do well. Well, I mean, to be honest, to be brutally honest, I mean, let's, let's look at, um, something like alter confusion, which has been around since 2007, which makes me feel really, really old. Um, <laughs> look, the, the thing is I have a passion for video games. I created this to do video games. I wanted to be, you know, a big name thing. So I tried to, uh, get as many AAA title games and try to blast through them and write reviews for it. That's not feasible. That was not feasible. I also, I was trying to write, I think, four or five reviews a month on top of doing a webcomic three times a week, on top of um, writing news articles from all over the place. You know, I, I basically was doing five to six people's jobs, and that's just not I'm not built that way and I forced myself to do it and it, mm-hmm. and it told it to be completely transparent. If I had basically a taskmaster or, or, or a project manager, someone to, to, uh, help me kind of organize stuff and, and maybe have additional help to, you know, have someone write the news stories, um, someone help with the reviews or with the editing of the Thursday hangout or to help with social media. You know, there's people have their specialties. Um, there are jacks of all trades out there, but they, but, um, individuals who have proficiency in all avenues is a very, very, very rare thing. And there's a lot of people who think they could do that kind of stuff. And then they fall flat on their faces. Hell there's, um, uh, that, the, the Kickstarter game, um, Broken Age, which is many, many mm. years ago now. I mean, hell, they they had tons of veteran talent attached to that. And they mismanaged the finance. And not, I'm not saying that they ran, they ran away with the money, but they didn't take into account how much it was going to cost. And so literally, they were able to give half a game, and it was really just a beta of that game, before they ran out of money, and then they had to rely on uh, basically the the names attached to the game to put it into Steam uh, early access and gain enough money to help finance the the completion of the first half of the game, and then uh, make the second half off of the sales of the first half of the game. So it actually turned out to be two pieces. Kickstarter people who kickstarted the game got both pieces. Um, at the original cost, and anyone else who was late to the party had to buy uh, both pieces separately. Mm. So it happens to the best of us. But the problem here's the thing: at the end of the day, you got to be man enough to admit you're over your head. That's that's really what it boils down to. 
And it looks like this company just kept going and going and going and praying that somehow magically this extraction survival shooter was going to magically become an MMO um, uh, equal version of Last of Us, which absolutely did not happen. It doesn't help that you've had other really good survival MMO type of games come out in the last couple of years. Yeah. If this, that's the other thing is maybe five years in development was too long for them. Maybe they missed their window as a result. Sure. Yeah. People might Not have been more, more forgiving early, like, you know, three years ago than now. Yeah. Not my genre at all, but I know they exist. Yes. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause real quick to thank some individuals or and groups that help Ultra Confusion be the best Ultra Confusion that we can be. These are, of course, our friends of the show. So without further ado, let's give some shout-outs here. First shout-out we got to give is to the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships with local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset they highlight local unusual and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common they also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves for more information go to indiecluster.com the next shout out we got to give is to the av master himself an individual who definitely puts his blood sweat and tears into every single convention that he assists in and that of course is doodle boy media Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously White Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. Now, if you are in the Atlanta area, I highly recommend this next one. This is an individual who can help get those aches and pains from long gaming sessions out of your body, and that, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. The next shout-out we got to give is to the music maestro himself, Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy, or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Which, by the way, he just moved back to Atlanta, so he's currently hmm. setting up his, um, his studio as we speak. Nice. The final shout-out we got to give is to the original patron himself, and that, of course, is Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both a development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the Agile Evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. <coughs> Decades of experience. <coughs> I want to say... Don't die, man. 
You can make it. Sorry, throat got a little dry there. Decades of experience in software development and leading agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information and to also check out his book, go to agileaxiom.com. <coughs> you, you all right there? Yes. Just give me one more second to take one more sip and then we'll do the rest. I'm greatly worried about you, man. You can make it. I have faith in you. Sorry, this change in weather is just killing me. My allergies. It's changing pace. All right. Okay. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I know that a lot of you want to um, are curious as to how you too can become a supporter and friend of the show. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you this right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm saying ladies and gentlemen way too much. But we're going to say it one more time. Ladies and gentlemen. All the confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you, and so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, intermental beings, gods, demons, aliens, mummies, swamp things, vampires, werewolves, um, supporters, and more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. We currently have two tiers that you can pledge at. There's the $1 tier that's $1 a month or $12 a year. And what you do, what you get is early access to all of our playthroughs, as well as the ability to participate in patron-only posts. Now, if you're feeling a little bit frisky and you want to have a shout-out during the Thursday Night Hangouts, there is the $5 a month or $60 a year tier. Not only do you get everything at the $1 tier, but you also gain your name or organization added to the Friends of the Show section of every single Thursday night hangout. So you want to become a patron of Alter Confusion, go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Altered Confusion today. <coughs> now, we are getting close to the end of the year, and ladies and gentlemen, it is also getting close to that time where Charlie's going to try to find a way to do 24 hours of gaming in support of Extra Life. Because Alter Confusion is proud to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for 12 years straight. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best. Game to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle children's miracle network hospital the money that we raise through extra life will go directly to children's health care of atlanta as unrestricted funds this means that the money sorry the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact to the lives of the kids they treat so if you have the capacity to donate please go to extra-life.org and search for altered confusion today Yes. And currently, I'm trying to pull this up while I'm doing this. So give me one second here. Uh, are you looking at your son? We, our goal, ha we have already surpassed our goal, but by all means, please continue to uh, donate. We are currently at $495 for this year. It would be great if we, you know, continue to finish the year strong, because there are still days in the year, and this is good until the end of the year. So please, if you still have not donated, please go to extra-life.org and donate today. I mean, you had a king donate to you. What other incentive could people possibly need? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let us... Go on to the next story. The next one is, I don't know, this this is special to me. Um, I was a huge fan of a of a Disney show uh, that unfortunately only had two seasons. It made sense to only have the two seasons, but there was a show called Gravity Falls. It's a phenomenal show. Uh, if you look it up, I believe it's 
usually f- they they rate it from age nine to twelve, but it's it's for basically kids nine and older. Because uh, I'm a kid at heart, uh, I still like to k- watch random episodes of Gravity Falls. But uh, the reason why I bring up Gravity Falls is that there is uh, the the creator behind Gravity Falls. Um, his first name is Alex. I could never pronounce his last name. I'm going to say Alex Hirsch. Um, he, uh, has announced that one of the most devious, evil, uh, bad guys in Gravity Falls, uh, who goes by the name of Bill Cipher, is writing a book and it is, it is geared towards an older audience and will be out July of 2024, which I have to get this book. I have to, you have to. I have to, there's no choice. There's, there's no choice. I will. Uh, he's got hashtag the book of Bill for those of you if you want to look at uh, look up hashtags. But um, he said against all laws of physics, logic, and good taste, Bill Cipher has somehow managed to write a book. This can't be good. The book of Bill invades bookstores this July, and I'm going to have to get it. That's you're just going to get it. It's a thing. It's happening. Bill Cipher, oh man, he is a what well, he's one bad guy. I will take your word for it. And and but at the same time, like I said, uh Gravity Falls, it it might look a little childish, but there's there's layers to that that series and I thoroughly enjoyed it and I continue to enjoy it when I see the um uh when I see episodes um uh, airing on Hulu. It's definitely a uh, show I've not seen. Now, in a bit of news that we saw coming a mile away, um, a fan out there who's always wanted to see a specific game called Link's Awakening. Uh, oh. He wanted to see Link's Awakening on the PC, so he cre- he's been working hard to make a PC port of Link's Awakening. Um, guess what? He made it happen. He made it happen, and the Nintendo said, shut that down. And so it's no longer there. I am shocked I know. by that happening. I, I mean, who could have ever seen that one happening? I know. Um, yeah. I mean, Nintendo, no likey, any fan touching any of their IPs. Ever. No, I mean, it would be nice. In all honesty, to have PC games, or sorry, Nintendo games, especially first, you know, party Nintendo actually produced games on the PC. That's just the choice they make is to make that not happen. Yep. Uh, so obviously, Nintendo, if you, you know, do your own magic to make that happen, they're not going to uh, let, oops, let that slide. Um, so. We could wish, but ultimately, that's not going to happen. Look, the biggest surprise or the or the 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 furthest Nintendo has ever gone outside their comfort zone is they brought Pokemon to a console. Okay, that's that's as far as they're going to go. They're not going to start pushing it onto all the uh, the the platforms. That's never going to happen. 
No, but the closest you're going to get is trying the Dolphin emulator on your computer. Which one was... So Dolphin was... Was that... Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Wii and GamePad. I think it's Wii and GameCube. Okay. Because I know yeah. Z... Z... Uh, NES was That's, the SNES emulator. Yeah. Zinni, yes, yes. Yes. Yep. I mean, I just... I've heard of that. I mean, I, I don't know very much about it. It wouldn't have been my emulator of choice if I ever were to have done emulators. You know, I'm just saying. There was also like SNES 9X or something like that yes. too, wasn't it? Yeah, I, uh, uh, yes, hypothetically there was one like that as well. Uh, and I can't remember what the Sega one was. I'm, just, I'm assuming there's a Sega one out there. I mean, who knows for the Genesis. There's one for everything. Yeah. Um, now, and a bit of uh, more not really surprised news. Um, Larian Studios, the uh, studio behind Baldur's Gate, has basically said, yeah, this game's not going to Game Pass. Hmm. Which does not surprise me whatsoever. Not gonna Why is it not surprising? I just, I, I don't know. And I understand that a lot of games go to Game Pass. It, it makes sense. But for me, Baldur's Gate 3 just, I don't know. For It just... In 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 the back of my mind, I always thought this is not a Game Pass game. I don't know. I mean, for the reports of what Microsoft is paying publishers, yeah, to go to Game Pass, um, it's in usually I would imagine their financial best interest to do so based on what they're paying. I think that uh, right now Larian Studios is making so much money that I don't think. I mean, the, the the request would have to be astronomical because people are still buying it. Yeah, I think it's one of those, if you have a game like Bowler's Gate 3 that does very, like, exceeds expectations out of the gate, it would, yes, probably make sense to not go into Game Pass until sales start to dwindle. Yeah, exactly. Then at that point, it's almost like a, oh, you know, the initial interest that's kind of way. Then you go to Game Pass at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I, I know that we were we were looking at this um, uh, during the show last week. But um, speaking of Baldur's Gate three, they were the uh, they did win Game of the Year. Um, I was wrong, which I totally thought was going to happen. A lot of people thought that Spider-Man was going to get it. I'm not, I didn't know how that was going to work, but I think that's what you call the dark horse nomination. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, best game direction was Alan Wake two. Uh, best narrative was Alan Wake two. Best art direction was Alan Wake two. Uh, best score and music. This is really surprised anyone. Final fantasy 16. I mean, final fantasy, there's you can't beat like final when Final Fantasy comes out with a fucking soundtrack, it's gonna win. Anyway, Final Fantasy actually has a symphony touring group who goes around the world yeah. and sells out concert halls with their freaking scores. That's their thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh best audio design uh went to Hi-Fi Rush, which is actually in my on my Steam wish list, so I'll have to check that one out. At some point, hmm. uh, innovation to accessibility. I think we actually talked about this was the Forza Motorsports, um, gamers for impact. That was, I don't even know how to pronounce that. It's T C H I a. So 
Chai. Sure. Uh, best ongoing game, which was Cyberpunk 2077. I still think that's dumb. I know. Best community support, Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, best independent game, Sea of Stars, which I actually beat this week. It is a phenomenal See, game. Back. Sorry. Best community support to me would have actually been Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. That's so dumb. Like, they're the ones who fixed the game for the community. So it's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I know, I know. Don't. But best independent game was Sea of Stars, which is a phenomenal game. Okay. Uh, it's about um, uh, two basically uh, destined warriors that have to save their world and maybe more. And the, the end of the game definitely sets up for a sequel. And that's what that's all I'll give you until I write the review. Nice. Uh, best debut indie game uh, was Cocoon which is yet another one on my wish list. Uh, best mobile game was Honkai Star Rail. Mm. Uh, best VR slash AR was Resident Evil Village VR mode, which I don't mm -hmm. think I could do a VR Resident Evil. I think I literally would shit my pants. Because um, that, dude, oh man, it got, I, I'm still reeling from, I can't remember what it was. It was the one like you start in like this like sketchy kind of Scandinavian rundown village, and the dude with like a burlap sack over his head and a chainsaw brought the chainsaw right over the back of my neck and killed me. I'm I still haven't recovered from that. I could tell that like you dream of chainsaws and you scream in the middle of the night. Yeah. Hey, Best action game was Armor Core Six: Fires of Rubicon. Best action adventure game went to Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, best RPG, Baldur's Gate 3. Best fighting game went to Street Fighter 6. Best family game went to Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which is not a surprise. Uh, best Sims or strategy game was Pikmin 4, which I just I don't understand Pikmin, so someone will have to explain that to me. Best sports racing game, Forza Motorsports. Best multiplayer game, Baldur's Gate 3. Best adaptation. Uh, okay, so this is recognizing outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically, authentically adapt, uh, adapts a video game to another entertainment medium. Uh, the winner was The Last of Us. Okay. Uh, most anticipated game is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That's not... That big of a surprise. Uh, uh, though it did beat out Hades 2, which I hope was like a close second. Uh, we did talk about this one. The best esports game is Valorant. Uh, sure. Okay, esports uh, team, esports coach, esports event, which is the League of Legends World Championship. There's nothing like that. I mean, I've, I've, I've never been, but I've heard. And it I, is I imagine, yeah. nuts. So, yeah, there you go. Interesting. I've played none of those. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get back to playing Alan Wake too. That 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 I could tell you. Um, but uh, you will have noticed if you've gone to Alter Confusion recently uh, on any of the social media or the actual website that there are two brand new reviews up this past week, and that of course is for Dredge and. Oh my gosh, I just blanked out on the other one. Oh, Super Mario RPG. Uh, nice. And then I will be writing the review for Sea of Stars uh, soon. And 
just to keep with, I don't know what's going on, but every single game that I've picked up on the Switch has the same turn-based battle mechanic where it's all about uh, mm. tapping the button at the right time to help um, uh, yeah. decrease damage or increase damage, depending on if you're defending or um, or attacking. And that game, oh my gosh, why am I blanking out now? Uh, what is it called? Um, Nintendo, let's see, I'm, I'm going to cheat here. Uh, what is it called? What is it called? So, what is it called? While you're Born, looking, Born was, of Bread. Was Super Mario RPG everything you'd hope for in life of a return to your youth? I'm going to say sort of. Um, oh. I loved being able to play with those characters again. I loved the story. Uh, I love my time during the game. However, the game is a lot shorter than I remember. Really? Yeah, I was able to complete the whole thing in under 10 hours. Huh. And I was kind of saddened by that. I, I wanted more, but there wasn't as much world to move around in. Uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember, honestly, how many there were. Huh. Yeah, it's uh, uh that was kind of the only sad thing. The only thing that kind of hurt in the end was that how fast I completed it. And I wasn't trying to it wasn't like I was trying to do a speed run. I mean, I was doing extra battles and definitely trying to equip my all my characters with the best of the best. And I was rotating characters in and out. It wasn't like I was just trying to, you know, power up three characters and then win the entire game with them. Um, which is something that I've started to try to do is is to rotate characters in and out. You definitely have to rotate characters in and out during um, uh, Sea of Stars, by the way. Uh, I, I will tell you right now, if you have the ability to pick up the game, it's good, uh, but be prepared to rotate your characters in order to survive some of those battles. So here's what's interesting. Yeah. So on um, how long does it take to beat.com? Mm -hmm. Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars, mm -hmm. the OG version mm -hmm. on the um, SNES, 17 and a half hours for the main story. Mm -hmm. The main story for Super Mario RPG, 12 hours. Mm -hmm. So whatever they did in the remake, it limited a fair number of hours. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so you're not too far off from um, what it would take. Interesting. Just out of curiosity, since you have that page up, see what uh, Sea of Stars. Because I know I put a ton of time in that. Um, um, twenty eight hours. Yeah, I think I was. I think I was about twenty two. So I was about right on there as well. Nice. Yeah, but anyways, two, two solid games. And of course, now I'm playing a game called Born of Bread, which is um which the blurb is, although he may not look like much, Loaf, the main character, might be the hero this land needs, spelled K-N-E-A-D-S, uh, a sentient bread on a quest. Play as a flower golem who possesses a never-ending childlike wonder and a set of odd abilities in this 2.5 adventure game. And by 2.5, that means that it is a fixed camera... <clears throat> um, uh, and the world moves, then you go back and forth. And unfortunately, that was the that was the other thing about Super Mario RPG. And I don't remember this in the original, but sometimes it was really hard to gauge like depth. 
uh, hmm. to make some of the jumps, and so it got to, it was it was quite painful in the um, uh, when you with your return to Bowser's Castle doing some doing some of the uh, the rooms where you only have a certain amount of tries before you're yeah. you're done, and I'm like, I'm, it's not like I'm getting killed by bad guys. It's just I'm misjudging the jump. So. Ah. Yeah, that'll do it. Yes, it will do that. But anyways, um, yeah. So I'm playing that. I'm playing Alan Wake two. I feel like there's another game I'm playing on the PC, but I can't remember what it is now. I'm sure it's not important. Oh, I'm sure there's another. There's always another game, isn't there? Yeah, knowing me, it's probably probably actually here. Uh, oh yes, um, I am doing the Expanse of Telltale series for the next uh, early access playthrough. And of course, at some point, I'm going to be able to sit down with my son and we're going to uh, do a deep dive into Bug and Seek, the game from Ooh. So Peculiar. Nice. Yes. So, Indeed, a solid lineup. Indubitably. Um, so that's all I've got for this Friday night. Zilius, do you have anything you want to add? Um, I started playing a throwback game that you might remember on my cell phone. Uh -huh. uh, that you'd introduced to me to is cells. Mm -hmm. Um, for those who don't know cells is a, it's a, one of those tap idle RPG games. Um, but they've done a lot of updates since I last played. Yep. And so a game like that, I'm like, screw it. I'm just restoring from scratch. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so I started replaying that. Um, yeah. For one of those incremental clicker games, it's, I think it's really well done. It is uh, very well done. It is very well done. And then from an actual real game, I started playing Against the Storm, which is basically a roguelite, but not roguelite, um, city builder game. Mm -hmm. So the big catch in this game from a city builder perspective is, like most games, you have, like, the campaign, right? Mm -hmm. The difference with this is depending on where you're, like, place you're building or where next in the campaign are is you, like certain buildings may or may not be available to you and ah. so there's like different things so like every map is not the same basically so that's where it's kind of the rogue light perspective mm -hmm. uh it's not a rogue light where like oh my gosh you're gonna lose every time and you have to redo it and it's rogue light in the sense that it's a it's a different experience each time you take on that the next map it's not just the same Okay, build the forestry start, build the farm to start. It's not like right. the same you can't do the same pattern every single map. Right. You really change up your strategy. Um, and there's also randomization in it. So like you get these random events where it's basically you have to choose one of these two things to basically like, do you want these three settlers or these two settlers and this bucket of goods that comes with it? Mm -hmm. Um, so you have trying choices you make. So so far I'm liking it. I'm I mean, if you like city builder games, like you're going to like it. It very much has the graphical interface. It would remind you actually a lot of like Warcraft, like Warcraft one, two or three, yeah. only without like having to fight the horde. Gotcha. Um, Wait, and of course so, you have, so you only played Alliance. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? I, Zelius? I thought in Warcraft, I don't remember. Did you play as the, could you play as the yeah. horde in a lot? Yeah. It's been so long since I played Yeah, you could, you, you, just okay. like World of Warcraft, you chose one side and just went with it. Uh, you know, as a little kid, I probably just paid the alliance, let's be honest. I didn't want to be scared. 
I want to beat the evil people. No, I always pl- chose Horde because it, they they had the funnier lines if you kept clicking on them. That's fair. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, if you like city builders, um, it's a it's, it's another solid list in the line of um, city builder games. Right on, right on. And it so that's also one that just came out of early access, and this is like an actual official, you know, one dot release. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also say, like, you know, I've obviously that circles a little bit back to Days Gone. What is that game? Stupid game called? Uh, the one we started the entire show with. Oh, um, um, uh, the the day before. The day before, yeah, is like. And this is probably where the big difference between like Kickstarter early access. I always look at reviews of games, mm-hmm. like kind of get an idea of what's going on. And like something like Against the Storm that, you know, was in early access for a while. And you start reading the reviews, you can kind of get a good feel for like, okay, what is this game actually about? And like, right. Um, versus just buying it blindly, basically. Um, so that always, to me, that always makes a big difference. Um, it, like reading those team reviews, you kind of get an idea of what is real versus not real. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, if you like city builders, definitely play against the storm. I did. I, I did want to say one thing. Uh, speaking of uh, Valve or Steam, when all this debacle went down, uh, Steam decided to have a little fun with it. And um, they actually did a like survival horror um, um, uh, steam sale. I think it, I think they called it the the days after or something. <laughs> nice. Yes. So, anyways, okay. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, I believe we've reached the end of our show. Uh, so I do want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout Special Edition. For myself, <laughs> Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving everything to come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. And remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.